Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to episode 388 of the podcast with my marvelous guest, Zoe Nutt. She is a phenomenal musician and just a wonderful human being. I'm so happy that I got the total pleasure of speaking with her this quarantine. And I'm also so excited to welcome you back to some uh, some non-gents, some non-boys of summer. Uh, that was a wonderful ride we had together. Um in a very strange time. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for you to hear Zoe's episode. So I hope everyone's doing okay. Thinking of you all and talk to you soon. yourself or uh, like the pairing or do you have someone that I have a I have a wonderful person who does it for me Perfect. and who is uh extremely skilled and is not me and that's why he's so skilled yeah <laughs> so we are probably in good shape certainly better than if it were just me <laughs> yeah I wouldn't trust myself um it scares me just doing this sometimes I'm like I'm gonna mess it up <laughs> mm. I know. Is that, and and do you record from home much? Like, is that something that you've delved into or are you used to doing a studio? Um, typically more studio based. I, um, I can, I've got a microphone, I've got an interface, I've done some home recording, but it's not really my specialty. And being, um, yeah. being mostly deaf, I always am thinking, well, I'll just let someone who can hear do that part. Um, so indeed, yeah. indeed. Um, so, but I have been well, having to. I, I, yeah. You have been having yeah. to. Yeah. That's where we all are. We're all learning things that we didn't know we would also need to know. Exactly. <laughs> In order to make the bits and pieces uh, come together the way we hopefully need them to. Are you feeling... Um, are you feeling creative? Like, I'm not to just like launch into super deep stuff, but um, I'm so curious because I feel like, you know, for me with this pandemic, it's... I just remember at the beginning, people were like, and you can finally write that novel, everyone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my first thought was like, I'm very depressed about all of this. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm that person that's like, I'm so miserable. I've got to create. I don't, I wish I were because I'd be more prolific. <laughs> but how about you? Are you, do, do you feel inspired? Do you feel, is it back and forth? What's it like for you right now? Yeah, I think it's been just all over the place, honestly, when this all first started yeah. I, I felt like I was glued to the tv for the first four days like watching every news station I could you know like figuring yep. out what is this what am I supposed to do um is there anything I can do um so that was definitely the beginning and I was finishing up my record that I just released uh yesterday but I was um finishing that oh, up gosh. yeah so that's finally... Um, I knew it was coming, but I guess I forgot that it was yesterday. Yeah. That's like amazing timing. So yeah, it was perfect timing. Um, so, so yeah, so I was working on that record, finishing it up at the time. And we had literally, I think, like less than a week before the shutdowns happened here in Nashville, we had had everyone, all the studio musicians in one room recording and we had knocked out the final songs that we needed um and so mm. it was very um so creative wise it was kind of strange because I went from just finishing a record to everything stopping immediately um Gosh, and so thankfully like I don't think I'd have a record out if I hadn't scheduled that like 
when I scheduled it. If it had been just a week later. No doubt. Yeah. So no doubt. it's kind of creepy to think, you know, ugh. but so in that respect, I mean, I felt creative because I was kind of forced to get these things done. Um, yeah. And I have been writing a decent amount, but it is hard. Like you really being in it. I think for me, being in the right space physically is really important too. So like I always yeah. like try to separate my spaces and being home alone, living alone too, um, during a quarantine where there's no one there to kind of help differentiate your space and where you spend your time in these spaces. That I think is the hardest creative yeah. hit there, you know? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Are you, are you by yourself or are you with folks, uh, in your dwelling environment? So, um, I, I live in Nashville and my family my parents live in Knoxville three hours away. So I have visited them. Like we've all been safe, but that's yeah. been my, my quarantine group. But when this all first started, I was gotcha. really scared to even go over to their house because I didn't want to get them sick or my grandmother lives sure. next door. I didn't want to get her sick. Um, so I stayed in the house like alone for the first two months I think of all of this um and my roommate had moved out like in December um all on good terms but you know it's this moment I'm like why did I let her move out um (laughs) like I'm alone here and this is horrible (laughs) timing um because yeah oh my gosh I guess yeah I mean I I guess for for some people it's hard living with a person that they didn't necessarily sign up for 24 seven with. And then for others, it's, it would be preferable than to being alone. And, you know, I don't know what they (laughs) certainly don't feel like there's an ideal version of this for anyone, but, um, it, yeah, the ways in which it's challenging has taken so many different shapes depending on what everybody's circumstances are. Um, mm-hmm. had, had it not kind of ground to a halt the way that it did, what would the, the last couple of months have been like for you once you did have that last session with, with everybody in the, in the studio? Um, rather than like it screeching to an abrupt halt, what would the kind of wind down have been like mm-hmm. for you, do you think? Good question. Um, well, that right after that all had stopped, um, my plan originally was to have um, Brandy Clark and the Cadillac Threes, Neil Mason and Jaron Johnston, come in to the studio with me. I hadn't met them all yet, nice. and they 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 are featured on the album, but we had to do it quarantine style, um, where they're recording in their own home. So I was really excited to meet those artists. They're songwriters and musicians in town that I really love um so that I was really looking forward to meet them and I didn't get to do that at least in person um and I guess other than that really like with a record that you're putting out being like like a younger artist um there's going to be a lot of like going and playing shows and meeting people and shaking hands and trying to just say hello to everyone you can and you know get yourself in FaceTime with some people and none of that's happening. I, I, um, I bought new clothes. I was like, I'm going to go out and make the best impression. And yeah, so that sort of thing, I think really changed, um, looking at my closet full of clothes that I had nowhere to go with. Um, so um, (laughs) I know that's like, that's petty in the, in the grand scheme of things, but those sorts of things definitely changed just like the business interactions that I, I'd hoped to get. And we're still doing them. It's just, in ways like this where it's over zoom or over facetime and that sort of thing um yeah and the same goes with writing i'd expected 
to be able to be in rooms with people more this year to just write more songs and work on album number two. Yeah. And uh, I really am not a fan of the Zoom write. It's just, it's hard and it feels very Gosh, sterile. I, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. indeed. I definitely have like, there are three writers that we all were around each other when this all started. Um, so we know that we're all okay. And I, thankfully I have yeah. those people, but oh, yeah. Good, but other good, than good, that, good. it's like, well, you're, you guys are stuck with me. Get to see, you get to write with today. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I, I can't complain yeah, too no much. Kidding. Like I'm, I'm lucky. I don't, um, I'm a lot of people I think have been hit way harder in their lives with this than I have. So I'm very grateful that like I can still do what I do, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And by the way, the clothes thing, like you're putting in that context of something that is, is, is really not petty at all because it's, it's, you know, you look at those clothes, it's attached to your career. It's attached to your passion. It's attached to, you know, your drive and the future and all of that. So I don't think anybody is going to listen to you say that and think like you're, you know, Cinderella stepsister, like you're (laughs) definitely, (laughs) you know, it's, 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 it's very much attached to what you do. And, and, you know, to your point, getting, getting out there and getting, you know, your music out there and and heard Mm -hmm. and all of that. And that's, that's really important. So that's completely understandable. Um, Did you grow up in Knoxville Are your parents and, and family still where you, you were born and raised? Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in Knoxville. My parents are still there. Um, one of my grandparents is over there. Like a lot of my family is in Knoxville. Um, and I love it. If, if you don't know anything about Knoxville, it's a a little lake town, really, um, big football Mm -hmm. town. It's football and lakes. That's like, that's what you do in Knoxville, (laughs) which, um, and I, but not football in lakes. Oh, sorry. Maybe football and lakes (laughs) in two different spots. Um, but, um, yeah, lots of water sports. (laughs) Um, and so I like the lake part the most. I, I, I love, football to cheer for my team I have no clue what's going on I, but this is a podcast about being a nerd and I'm definitely one of those in that respect but yeah Knoxville was um was definitely is definitely like something really special to me still and I always go back and so yeah yeah uh and and I love that you immediately outed yourself as a nerd. That's amazing. Um, yeah, no, no pressure either way, whether you are a huge football buff or, or not. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's, um, I mean, I think that is something that, that I kind of think of with Nashville, with uh, Knoxville. I've never been to Knoxville. I've only been to Nashville, but everyone I know who is from Knoxville or who's been there is like, it's just kind of one of those places that, you know, there's a reason people write about it in songs and, you know, that it's that it's a, a really special place. So I hope I get a chance to go there. Yeah. Um, at some point. Are you from a, a musical family? Well, um, in some ways, yes. My, my family loves music. They're audiophiles to the extreme, but they don't know how to play an instrument. They're not that kind of musician. So I did come from a family that gotcha. was just like that always really valued music and valued artists in that way. Um, really, um, I feel like I get my love for lyrics from my parents, especially um, because mm. like growing up, going to school, my dad would play songs in the car and he'd ask me and my brothers what they meant and really to like analyze Ooh, lyrics. I like it. 
Yeah, even when you're like in elementary school, he'd be asking these questions. And some of the songs probably had some some deeper themes that I did not understand yet, you know, in songwriting. But um, <laughs> but we we would drive in the oh, car. Like and, what? Like what did your what was? Yeah. What was your dad into? Um, that he, he for you? I'm assuming it was probably a cross section, but he like he was very much like a 90s kind of rock guy. I think in that respect, he um. He really, he loved playing Sublime, anything having to do with the White Stripes, Jack White, Beck, Cake. Um, he, he really likes Johnny Cash, too. I feel like we listened to Boy Named Sue more times than I can count. Um, so, like, it's a bit of a mixture, but there's a lot of that, um, that kind of rock element, I think, in everything that, that he listens to. Um, so, yeah. but yeah, and for instance, Sublime, some of the songs that they played, they're not exactly kid friendly. Um, even though I love Sublime. <laughs> I was say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the funny thing is like, we'd be going to school driving and I know my dad really, he knew I really cared about the lyrics probably more than my brothers. And so he would push that harder on me, asking me what they meant. And Hey, I'm at this point, I'm deaf in one ear completely. I don't hear what's being said in the car well so I was always nervous like what's he gonna ask me what does the song mean um and I can't hear it that well um but it was always really fun and when we'd pull up to the drive at school if I hadn't really understood what the song meant and explained it to him um he wouldn't let me out of the Mm. car like the teachers would have to come up he'd stop the car and turn around in the chair and just look at me and like what does it mean what yeah what do these words mean wow like as the teachers are like um, um let's can go. we do our job <laughs> yeah. that you seem to be doing right and now he's like, like my <laughs> job's more important here um i'm educating her in music um so um so none of that was ever like a you know a stage mom stage dad type thing yeah. he really just genuinely cared okay we're gonna take a break i will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at maximum fun Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And I'm I was two butts, 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 butts. How did the you creating music stuff start? Um, so I guess I, I like growing up, I was always in choir in school, you know, in middle school and high school. Um, and I remember auditioning for um, a musical. It was 1776 um, was the musical. And I really wanted this main lead girl part. I was the freshman in high school and um, I didn't get the part. Um, I was actually cast as a man instead, which was a little embarrassing being a freshman in high school, you know, being being mm-hmm. the dude in the, in the in the musical when I was very already self-conscious it's like great was um, it an all-girls school or did was it there were uh, they just kind of not no, being judged they had specific men. To casting no they had there it was a okay. it was a co-ed school they just 
cast me as a man. Yeah. They they had plenty of guys to choose from, but I guess I just had that. Yeah. I had that effect. I, I just really screamed, "Dude!" That year. Um, so. Meanwhile, I was over in on, in my high school, being like, "Why can't I play this guy? Yeah. I want to play <laughs> yeah. the male role. I want it." Oh, like, if it was a cool all, male the grass role, is always greener. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then I would have been <laughs> about been it. all over it. I was like this. Yeah, I didn't have a cool <laughs> part at all. And I think actually one of the I don't think anyone noticed it too much, but like the clothes that we were wearing for that show were rentals and they really didn't fit me either. I was like, I was a stick. <laughs> and so like I, we had this dance number and my pants started falling down during the show. Um, so it was like all of that was scarring. Uh, yeah. If it had been a cool part, I would have been like, yes, I can be the dude. This is great. Right. But it was it was not right. that look. <laughs> it was not uh-uh. that. But all that being said, I, get, I wonder how many. I wonder how often people do Ham, uh, 1776 now that Hamilton exists. That's I'm, true. I'm guessing that uh, musicals like that probably get retired because everyone's like, "Well, if I could just draw your attention to this modern masterpiece." Like, exactly. I honestly, I haven't seen Hamilton yeah. yet because I didn't. It in to buy tickets. It, I've heard it's just really hard, and it, you know to. Yeah. find that out and so now it's like you're able to stream it and watch it now so i'm i need to watch that um because it's just one of those yeah. things that i realized wait i'm i'm missing out on on some culture here um but yeah yeah i think you're right yeah 1776 is is old news now um but <laughs> <laughs> but um the um but i auditioned for that play and I got the part that I really didn't want I was embarrassed you know scrawny little kid in a, um and so I um ended up getting a voice coach and I learned how to sing really well um I got a vo- voice coach and I ended up getting like every lead part after that that I wanted of Oh, talk about a testament to voice coaches. Uh That's a big deal. Yeah, especially... That is not necessarily what I expect you to say. Like, I love that it just turned right around like that. That's amazing. Yeah, like what you said about the guy, like, I totally can be the guy. Like, that definitely is my personality of, wait... I didn't get the part. I'm I'm going to go get the part next time. I'm going to do this, even though I have no idea how. Um, so Good for you. Yeah, so that's definitely that switch there um, where, um, so I, and I'm, I'm at this point, I'm deaf in one ear completely still. So there were some struggles like where I'd be singing more so I could hear myself versus everyone else being able to hear me. Kind of like, you know how you talk, sure. talk like kind of inward. People do that naturally sometimes too, but that was like a big deal for me to like have to learn how to trust that what I'm singing is right even though it doesn't always feel right or doesn't sound right to me wow that was yeah that was like that's yeah mm. so and at this point I wasn't thinking of music professionally in any way I just really wanted the part (laughs) I really wanted to get that um yeah so I really hadn't even thought about it professionally until I started wanted to go to college and I didn't know what I wanted to do I thought, well, I'm I'm good at this. Why don't I um, audition for some schools and go to school for classical music? And because that's what I was studying in voice was like opera, all different types of arias and classical singing. Um, so I went to school for that. I went to Belmont University here in Nashville, and I immersed myself in that for like three years and all, almost finished a full degree. I think I had like a few classes left of like choir and maybe one one extra music class and I was very unhappy um in that major mm. I 
was I think pretty depressed and, and sad in that moment. And I, I'd immersed myself in something that I thought I would like, and I really learned that I didn't. And oddly enough that mm. year, of course I had some, some breakup with some dude. And, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, so I had that and I was already like questioning everything about my career and what I wanted to do. And I ended up writing my first songs, um, in college then. And I sub- Belmont happened to have a songwriting program there as well, like a whole major dedicated to songwriting at the time, like that I auditioned, there was like a 20% acceptance rate. So it was like, actually, you know, it was hard to get into. And I wrote my first four songs, submitted it to them and I got in and I thought, okay, maybe this is what I can do. And so it was, it was, yeah, it's a strange way to fall into it. I think I've always been like very, I can be very self-deprecating, self, um, very underconfident in a lot of things like that. So just naturally, I think my personality lends to it, plus the hearing loss. So I think having that moment really changed things for me personally, having that validation of saying, okay, people, people recognize this is good and this, I should try this. So that's really how I got sure. into music, I guess, is just me being really nervous the whole time and just kind of dancing around it, seeing, you know, oh, should this be it? No, no, maybe this, you know, um, and just kind of yeah. finding my way. Well, it's interesting, too, because, you know, I think a lot of people have the experience of, you know, obviously, I'm sure you know, you're not alone in, you know, kind of jumping into something in college and and having a sense of what it will be like or, you know, having a sense that the passion's there but needing to kind of dig in deeper to to explore it to find out if it's the right avenue and and some people find out that they are in the dead wrong place for what their souls really desire and then there are people maybe more like you who you know the sort of the 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 general direction was there that instinct was all there that passion was there but it happened to be this like sharp left turn or whatever you know within the same um kind of general principle versus like and then I realized I needed to go to law school <laughs> screw music you know <laughs> yeah which happens too you know which happens too um uh, do you mind uh talking a little bit about your hearing loss and it, was that something that started as a kid or was it did something happen what uh, what's your journey been like that yeah it's it's pretty interesting um so I um I was born partially deaf so um my parents found out I wasn't responding to them well when I was a baby. And, um, by, mm-hmm. by the time I was eight, I had lost all the hearing in my right ear. Um, so I think they started catching on to it by four years old. Um, because I was a really quiet kid that, you know, played by herself. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't, it's not like they weren't paying attention, but it's just, it's hard to tell. Um, so by the time I was eight, I'd lost that hearing completely. I remember like picking up the phone, putting it to my right ear and, you know, I'd say to my mom stuff like no one's on the line, you know, I didn't really realize, Mm. oh wait, I can't, I can't hear out of this ear, you know? Um, so yeah, so that happened and I just moved on with my life. Um, Nothing was really ever um, made of it. Uh, the doctor said that, that hey, it just happens sometimes. Um, so 
flip. Please tell me that they were slightly less flip than oh, that. Oh, no. No, okay. They, I mean, they, they were very... They just, sweet. like, get, they give you... They tussle your hair. Like, tussle, tussle. Oh, no. Sorry about that, Zoe. <laughs> this happens. Uh, no, they were really great. No, I had a great pediatrician, too, because I, like, I had... Um, I had RSV as a baby too. I had really bad, a really bad bout of that. And I was like extremely sick. And this pediatrician came in and mm. talked to my mom at the hospital. And he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to be your new doctor. Cause my doctor was not at the time paying any attention to my extreme, um, uh, RSV that I was having. So he came in and he was always mm. my pediatrician after that. And he was oh, so serious about the hearing loss. Um, he really cared. He had known me since I was, just a tiny little thing but the way they really said it was just um that they I guess um they don't know why it is it could be genetic um or it could be just something from birth that just happens in in that way um uh, maybe from the RSV itself or sorry not from the RSV um there's another trying to remember there's something that poses as a common cold to a lot of pregnant mothers um pregnant women Mm -hmm. and I know sometimes babies can get it and it it doesn't um Sometimes it can end with hearing loss or brain defects. I'm, I'll try to remember what that's called. But we, they were wondering if maybe my mom had that because um, she was working mm-hmm. with a lot of children while she was pregnant. And so she, maybe she had caught something. So, um, so all that being said, they were taking it very seriously in that respect. But it really was at the end of the day. We don't know. And, um, you know, we're just going to move forward and on on your life if yeah. you need help with something we'll help you but there there were just no answers um for it so yeah so we I did just move forward I I said my speech was kind of weird growing up but um we didn't um my parents didn't take me to a speech therapist they were they were they're very much like you know go-getters like we will we will help you and we'll get this done we know what to do and my mother's um worked with a lot of special needs kids so she's helped with that kind of um that speech therapy style before. So they just told me like they would correct me when I said something wrong, be nice about it. And I really kind of grew out of my speech issues that I had that typically happen when you're, when you're deaf or hearing impaired. Um, And so, cause I, yeah, people say that like, you don't sound deaf. I'm like, it's not always, not always the case. Um, But interesting. Yeah. That's a long winded story there. No, it's not. Listen, I'm about to make it more long-winded because <laughs> I'm fascinated. Uh, what is that like in terms of, I mean, it, listen, I'm probably asking something that, you know, it's if you're colorblind, like how do you explain that or, mm-hmm. you know, with with my sort of like past with, you know, any kind of mental illness stuff I've had that was like fairly unique. It's like, how do I find a language to try to describe like it's kind of like if you, you know, you sort of yeah. don't know you you're forced into this corner of trying to figure out a way to make an analogy to someone who, you know, it's by no fault of their own hasn't experienced that same thing. But um but when but I but I am curious if if you know it's worth talking about or if there's even a way to talk about it uh how how uh, you're a parent or a speech coach like how how uh somebody sort of articulates to you and says you know th- this is this is what you're saying it doesn't sound to us like you think it sounds and here's how to correct that like how is that communication um articulated if that makes sense yeah that does and I can like growing up when I was little I don't remember everything they particularly did but I do remember a lot of what my classical voice coach taught me which applies Mm -hmm. very similarly 
and yeah. a lot of it is feeling something more than hearing it so it was there was some guesswork involved too of just I'd sing it maybe I'd say something or sing something and she would just tell me to like maybe open my mouth a little differently relax my tongue hmm. um put in more effort like in my diaphragm um more emphasis there like because those muscles down there really um engage and help with your breath support for the singing side of things but um a lot of like mouth shape right. tongue shape um that sort of thing and then it's just guesswork yes you did it right no you didn't and you f you feel that like and so yeah I think that's that's the best way to explain it it's just it literally is a feeling and like if you were to sit in your room like saying weird words or vowels different ways you'd start you'd notice oh that really does feel different you know um yeah so that's really I think that's the best way to explain it I'm, I'm sure as a, a speech therapist they have a way better way of explaining it but I yeah it is kind of hard to say to someone you can't understand what this is but do it <laughs> you know yeah um, well no and I, but I think that's I think that's so extraordinary and what I think I'm responding to so strongly in this moment because I haven't had a ton of conversations and I even being you know a performer and a singer and all of that kind of stuff I never had formal vocal training and I and I never no one ever told me why I should or why you know what yeah. I mean like there was no like I was not unlike you I was I don't feel like I was a kid um, or a teenager who sought out a bunch of stuff that wasn't right in front of me um, which you know for better or for worse probably for worse but you know that's just like who I was and and so there are things like that that you know to this day I don't have a strong understanding I absolutely understand diaphragm you know breathing and and, uh -huh. and how important that is to use even when I'm just doing voiceover stuff um, and voiceover training a little bit when I you know but I was a fully grown adult by then and I really respond to everything you're saying because you know if you if you have done anything else that's physical be it you know training with a physical trainer or you know learning how to box or learning how to dance or um, you know any number of other you know even even when we think about like learning how to swim like those physical acts um, if you if you don't ever train to do certain things like singing or even you know maybe as an artist if you don't have formal training I feel like there's there may be these whole windows that you're not opening up and looking through or doors you're not walking through that are very um, physical and f physically disciplined and and so I, th I think that's so wonderful like it seriously kind of makes me want to go take voice lessons because I think it would be so interesting and cool to and helpful to have a relationship to a function that you don't necessarily is what I'm saying making sense oh, like you don't necessarily yeah. associate it with the physical it's it's sort of it's like is my voice scratchy or is it not is my you know mm -hmm. am I hitting the right t the note or not it's like no there's a whole wonderful world inside of all of that that's so much deeper and so much more physical and I think that's really really cool and what a great way to develop a relationship with something you're passionate about that 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 you know that enables you to not have to feel hindered by something that you you know that someone said oh that you're lacking this or you know that you know you perceive differently in the world I think that's just wonderful thank you I think you're totally right about it too with like the comparisons to to working out or having a trainer and 
um, people showing you where to position your body, like, or how, how to do this. Um, cause yeah, it, I mean, we, as beings, we come out into the world where we learn how to talk and hear, and it's kind of, it's just innate, but there, there's so much more to it. There's a science to it all. Um, which I, I really yeah. love. And yeah, you could go like voice coach classical route, you know, be very disciplined or you could go their voice coaches for pop and country or just about anything. But, and they're also different too. Or even like dialect. Yeah. Like oh, di- you I'm, know what I mean? I think maybe that's part of it too, is I love dialect. I love accents. And, and mm-hmm. now I sound like a huge nerd. And by the way, remember how you were like, this is a long winded story. And then remember how Janet just totally started talking even more about it than yes. you ever did. <laughs> and would not shut up about it. That's me right now in this moment. But too, but like that's, that's because, you know, as I've gotten older and, and, and just in the world that I'm in, I love that understanding of like, oh, you know, it's very, this this language feels like it's more nasal or this language, you if you really are paying attention in that technical way, in that physical way that you're talking about, like, oh, the tongue is closer to the teeth. Mm-hmm. Like there's, the yes. tongue is a bigger, plays a bigger role in this kind of language. And I just think that's all, uh, if you'll pardon the pun, delicious. Thank you. I um I love I love the fun. Um I so you talking about the um <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> so the um you talking about the dialect it reminds me of something that's sort of related. I I'll, I'll get back to I've definitely got a second a part two to this hearing loss story, but I want to mention for a second while you said the dialect here. Um I've sure. I filmed a music video yesterday and um we were doing like a bunch of backwards scenes um like where we're filming backwards. And I, which I find so intimidating. Oh, oh gosh, what you're about to hear was very intimidating. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if it's going to work yet or not. I hope I'm saying this and it like gets published out into the world and, and worked perfectly. We'll see. But, um, but right. I learned how to say my entire chorus backwards um, so that Ooh. we could like film it backwards. So I literally went very nerd mode of just writing out all the words then writing them phonetically, then backwards phonetically, and then listening to like the playbacks so that like I would pay attention to like those T's and those S's and those A's and those O's. And I like, it it definitely probably having some training or at least noticing those things was helpful because I don't know how else I would have done it. It sounds like gibberish, but, um, but that like, that's how, that's how deep I go into that soundscape landscape sort of thing I love that stuff um and I had a a great time with it um and I've been creeping everyone out singing my song backwards um so (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see the video I'm so excited about that I absolutely love that fingers crossed it works (laughs) what a big day yesterday your album dropped you're recording the video I mean there's this is a this yeah. is a, a cool frenzy of music activity around these these couple of days. It, it has been really fun, and now we're doing this. So I'm just yeah, I've had a great, great. twenty four hours or so um, of just all this. Good. Oh, yeah. good, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to tell me part two? Yes, I would love to tell you part two. Um, so part two, part two of hearing loss saga, Zoe Knight. Um, <laughs> but, um, but the um, so I, we really did as a family just and myself personally I never really thought much of my hearing loss I'd worn a hearing aid right up until about I was eight years old for a minute there because by then I'd lost all my hearing and I couldn't use a hearing aid anymore so I was a little um growing up a little nervous about wearing a hearing aid even because it's something that none of the other kids have and 
the the right. time they looked very sterile and medical it looked like something your your grandparents wore you know so um yeah sure yeah and from you know growing up being shy and all is already something just to focus on I was always nervous about wearing glasses and hearing aid and those little things which yeah. silly but as yeah. a kid you know um so yeah well listen your world is much smaller as a kid oh, we all yeah. know that uh-huh um so but yeah fast forward I'm going to school go to college I like we said I got um into the songwriting major um at Belmont after um changing majors from classical music so I have been at school for like three years in college I'm, I'm 21 I believe at this time and I wake up one day um about to I'm in my first semester of songwriting class I wake up one day mm-hmm. and I can't hear anything and I oh, that lasted I think for about a month um oh, where I could hear like I could hear a little stuff like if someone was right in front of me speaking extremely loudly I could maybe pick out yeah. some things but it was really hard so I'd like lost the bulk of my hearing that day and it didn't come mm-hmm. back um and so ever since then I've had what I've called episodes where that same thing will keep on happening to me whether it's last a week or a month and um every time I'm just losing another large chunk of hearing and it's happened for like four or five years now like this um to the point where I'm I'm mostly deaf um you know I'm I that's a hard way to describe it I'm I've lost the bulk of my hearing so um yeah so that was the big thing where songwriting and then hearing loss hit like head on full throttle there right at the beginning you know so it was yeah I'd always had music in my life and I'd always had hearing loss in my life but in this way where it was I was in such um in my mind I just felt like I was um I guess in these dire straits of what am I doing with my life you know where am I going um so I which by the way yeah everybody people go through that and mm -hmm. they're not dealing with nearly that yeah challenge so that was the big thing in the hearing loss saga um was just that and always having to deal with that in general like from just a personal aspect social aspect work and business aspect it definitely changed a lot Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah part two was like part part two was like the empire strikes back (laughs) or the second lord of the rings movie Um, everything has got everything got big and heavy um it when you and i hope you don't mind that i make light of it i'm very much like i'm the person in the emergency room who's like arm is hanging off and there's a string attached of a vein and i'm like hey let me crack some jokes that's what makes me feel better um (laughs) yeah the ketchup in a situation yeah exactly sorry (laughs) Oh, no, no, for sure. For sure. Um, is in a situation like that, I mean, that's, you know, something that I've experienced on both sides of the, of having gone through some, again, like very specific mental stuff, Mm -hmm. um, that, that I, 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 I really wanted to be able to look towards people who had already come through in whatever way it means come through, whether it's learn to live with something or, you know, get better or, uh, or 
not get better, but, you know, help others and Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like, it helps to have that community or that sense of, um, you know, oh, I'm not the only person who's ever had to combat this or who has been faced with this particular set of challenges in my life. Did you have uh, people? I mean, listen, we all we what what are you going to do? Talk about Beethoven? I mean, for (laughs) sure. Like, that's a real thing. And that's something that, you know, I remain in awe of. I, Joni Mitchell wrote a beautiful song about Beethoven and, and her, you know, the sort of poetry of, of the experience it must have been for him to, you know, have, have been extraordinarily brilliant musically and to also have lost his hearing. I'm, are there other, you know, that you can't call up Beethoven and go, hey, buddy, let's talk about what's going on. Did you have uh, a community or, or, or any kind of mentor or even just, you know, somebody that you could look to and go okay this is here's somebody who's gone through something like this um yeah no i think i didn't i don't really know that many deaf people i've met some since this but i i didn't really have anyone that had gone through this at all i i knew one girl growing up like in elementary school for a minute that also had that had cochlear implants at the time and we were friends but we are we are also both very deaf, and I feel like we couldn't understand each other. Neither of us signed, so oh, it was bless. kind of it's like, bless, "Hey, we're similar, bless. but I have no idea what you're yeah. saying, and I'm not sure if you have any oh. idea what I'm saying." Um, so, oh. yeah, so I, I so I had you know tiny tiny point there of um, seeing someone like in that similar situation, but like no, I didn't have anyone to talk to about that in that respect. I my parents were amazing about it all. Um, they really have been my rock on all of that because, I mean, they don't even fully understand it, but they try to, you know, and they take make the effort and the time to. And and that's hard too. even like just from your family. My family loves me. I love my family. We're 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 great. And it's still hard because, you know, I'm having to ask people what they said multiple times. I get frustrated. They get frustrated. And it's so natural to to forget. Oh, wait, someone has is having a serious issue here and I can't see it and it's hard to remember or put myself in those, their shoes. So, um, that's definitely hard. And there were definitely times where I think we all were a little, probably a little fed up with each other as much as we all love, love each other, but it's hard, um, with communication, especially when you're first figuring it out. But, um, I'm, I have some friends that are supportive, but none of my, none of my friends, know what this is or how to talk with me about it necessarily you know that they, they will do the best they can but none of them have been through this um I ended up having to get a cochlear implant as well as another hearing aid and the implant surgery I was kind of scared about and nervous and I didn't really have anyone who had been through that um and I yeah yeah so that was probably hard I there are Facebook groups and people out there that I started joining in on conversations with but um Mm -hmm. but that yeah that's about it and I'm naturally not um I I love being social and talking to people but I'm naturally not that way at the same time I feel like I'm a little Mm -hmm. you know that tug and pull of of my extremely social mother and my very not social father (laughs) you know like I've got a little of both I get it um so I think I think not I I had my family and my parents my grandparents, my brothers, they were all great and a couple friends. Um, but yeah, there was just just no way to really relate or way to describe it. I, I have the best I can say is like I'm I'm completely deaf in one ear. I'm like half deaf in my left ear. I have tinnitus, which is a constant ringing in my ears. And every yeah. now and then I wake yep. up and 
I lose another chunk of hearing and, and I, it sounds like, you know, I, I won't be able to hear you for a while. So, but that, yeah, mm. it's, uh, it's not like being in a wheelchair, for instance, where you see that right there. I know, right, I know how right. to help you. I know what you're like. They don't, they can't sympathize fully, but they know how to help. I know I can help you move this way or do that. Yeah. It's just totally invisible. Yeah. I think, you know, listen, when there's a person who is experiencing, experiencing something and they don't necessarily have that person who's right in front of them who said you can say like, oh, this person came before me and they experienced it. I feel like those pe- people are called pioneers. So I guess that's uh, what, we're, what we're looking at. You're a, you're a bit of a pioneer, which is extraordinary. And it doesn't doesn't always, you know, it's like, oh, I don't I'm not in a good mood today. I'm a pioneer. Thanks. That's great. That's not. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, not <laughs> it's not the thing that's going to make me feel better. Like uh, maybe uh, some ice cream would. Hey. But um, <laughs> but yeah. Did you, when, when, as far as um, as that kind of introvert extrovert, which I deeply, deeply relate to, um, just to go back to high school for a second, when you talk about you know being that string bean freshman who wants that part, um, how did how did that manifest in your kind of social life? Um, what were you, what were your friend groups like, and 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 would you were you very social after school, or was school the social part, and then you kind of go home and get that chance to be the introvert again? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'll start it off by saying I, I told my family I was going to do this podcast. And I was like, you guys don't think I'm that big of a nerd, right? Like, is, uh, should they really be asking mm-hmm. me to be on this? And they busted out laughing. Um, they, they're they like, no, this was meant for you. This is where you should be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Now you listen to me, Zoe. This is not an all nerd podcast. Okay. Yes. I've <laughs> talked to plenty of people who do not consider oh, themselves I saw you the list. They're, I mean, looking, when I went through like all the podcast people, all the people you've talked to, I was like, no, these are some cool people. Um, so <laughs> no, I totally agree. But we're not, you know, I, I heard the pitch of the, the show and just like, yeah, we're going to be on this. Let's, you know, talk about all the awkward moments. And I was yeah. like, I'm not really that awkward, right? <laughs> like, oh no, you were, and you still are. Um, so <laughs> um, thanks guys. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks. But, um, but it was true. Um, I, I growing up, I, I was friends with everyone. I was had friends. I was nice to everyone, but I didn't have like close friends. I didn't have friends that I hung out with after school a lot. Um, like I hung mm-hmm. out with my parents a lot. I was in my room um, drawing and writing poetry and singing and being kind of that more, um, I guess, self introverted sort of space there. Um, cause, and I really wanted to have close friends. I just, I don't think I really related to a lot of people. Um, and mm-hmm. hearing loss did play a part in that for sure. I was always really nervous and always really, I think, self-focused on what am I doing? What am I saying? Which I know we all are growing up, but I think it was made harder by that for sure. Um, I remember, I'm sure you're right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're right. Yeah. And anything like that, that, yeah. Any, I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't no, mean to interrupt no, that, you're which good. I'm sure I've done <laughs> the entire conversation. Oh, no, you're fine. But you know, any, anything <laughs> like that, that adds, that just adds that extra layer on, you know, it's like, is it, as a teenager, we're already like sweating everything. And then you just are given like a giant extra overcoat of like here. Mm-hmm. And now you can sweat this too. Like that's yeah. very real. Oh yeah. And I, I like, I, I'm not sure about you, but like there are parts of my life where I've, maybe I was just so stressed or whatever, but I'll 
you know, forget a lot of things too growing up. I'm like, what did I do? Who did I interact with? You know, oh God, all the time. Uh-huh. It's like that time. little blank space in your head. What happened there? Um, and I do have a vivid memory though of someone, I was talking to someone once, like maybe in middle school and they were trying to tell me something. A girl and I were talking and she kept repeating the phrase and I was like, could you repeat it again? What did you say? And after like the third mm. try, I think third or fourth try, she just said it's not worth it and walked away. And so there were some times yeah. like that where I was, and no, I don't remember who it was. And I know like everyone's young and doesn't understand all that. So no slight towards whoever it was, but um, it's just that feeling I got. I think I got a lot of that, like, oh, uh, well, we don't need to tell you it's not worth it. You know, I did get a lot of that growing up, um, which yeah. I think is hard because yeah, I mean, I, I dreaded um, the lunchroom because I, I never was able to sit in a spot where I could hear everyone. It was loud and chaotic. Like most of the time I just sat there and Oof. smiled and would, you know, I didn't really know what all was being said. Um, I could, I mean, right. I could hear people, but like I'd be catching bits and pieces of a sentence and like puzzling it together a little bit. So sometimes I'd sure. get a full conversation. Sometimes I wouldn't. Um, I remember... Recently, I, I remember a guy at a gas station my roommate was talking to, and he had some crazy story he was telling her because she had, was buying something, and there was some topic of Canada. And um, she's like, oh, yeah, you like Canada? And he had said something to her, and I um, was beside her and smiling at the gas station attendant like, oh, that's a great story. I went back into the car with her, and I was like, so what did he say? She's like, oh. He doesn't like Canada. He got stabbed there. Like he, you know, I, I, so I'm just laughing at, I'm la- physically laughing at this guy who's telling me he got stabbed. I'm like, that's a great story. That's so sweet. So there were a lot of those probably growing up too, where I laughed at things I shouldn't have or, or, you know, I was trying my best, but it did not apply to the situation at all. You know, someone getting right. stabbed is not really the time to smile oh and laugh. God. Um, I'll tell you what, though, it makes a great story about a story. So if you could just get meta about everything, you have to just get through <laughs> yeah. get through the first awkward period where you absolutely did not mean for that to happen and go down the way it did. Yeah. But after <laughs> that, you got a pretty good story yeah. to tell about that story. Oh, there's so many weird so there's things the like payoff. that. Yes, it's totally worth the payoff. Hopefully the guy, I, he probably uh, doesn't mind that I laughed oh at him. Yeah. <laughs> But well, it yeah. kind of it that that's the other thing I was going to say quickly is is that the other thing it reminds me of is um cut we just talking about you know your experience even sitting in the lunchroom it just made me think of you know like even when we go on vacation and we're in a different country and we don't speak the language as exciting and as fun and as pleasant and as nice as people can be you know you go home to your hotel room or your apartment or whatever and it's a and I you, I feel exhausted and it's because I've been working overtime in this very specific social way in the social setting and and to even you know people who are like oh you know I, I was in New York for a week and I would just you know just like navigating that city and the the sounds and the the overwhelming amount of people all of that when it's this kind of stimulation overload and you're trying your brain is working overtime to process all of that stuff you know it sounds like you were were sort of having that you know New York City experience um 
again, while navigating just being a teenager and all the kind of stuff that comes along with that too, like that's, that's taxing, uh, you know, no wonder you would blank it. Like how much can a brain process at any given time? If it's, if it's, you know, having to work overtime in situations that other people take for granted. That's actually, that's a really great comparison there with like going to a foreign country or, or a big city. Um, especially when I lost the, the second wave of hearing, you know, in my twenties, um, I was exhausted all the time. I, I went to class and I slept and that was like it. Cause I was, it was exhausting um, to try to to hear everyone and to stay attentive. Um, yeah, so that that's just I, you said it perfectly right there. Um, yeah, yeah. One thing. And look at you. Look, you're fucking kicking ass. Ah, it's fantastic. Thank you. Thanks. That's nice to hear. Um, the one thing that came to mind when we were talking just about like the lunchroom kind of stuff. Um, I I realized like another thing that doesn't just hit me but everyone um my age I mean we're I'm kind of the first generation to grow up with Facebook and social media too like to really I remember signing up for my Facebook in middle school I think you know with my friends Mm. I know there there was MySpace before that but I never really did that but like my school and all my friends and everyone that moment like that's when everything hit for us in the in the internet world more like I didn't use a computer much at all until then. And so I think that played probably a part in it too, being not only, I was definitely left out of stuff. I was not invited to the parties or whatever cool was going on. But I think probably seeing that stuff, you know, as well as knowing you're not there. I think that, that, yeah. yeah. And we still like, that hits me today, you know, on things like, oh man, that looks really cool. Or I don't have that thing or, you know, it, it just seeps into you but uh, I think that probably didn't that's another thing just about growing up that I've noticed like oh yeah this is not normally how people grow up you know seeing or used to not be normal um yeah Mm mm-hmm no, you said a mouthful. You said a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, that's, you know, I always say like, I, I feel like I, my broken record is I say, you know, I hope I'm not, I don't want to be that person who, as they get older, everything that, that happens that they didn't grow up with or that they worry about like younger people that I'm, I don't want to be the person that's like, well, I just hope these youngsters today can survive this horrible <laughs> new social media thing. That the, because like, you know, I remember what it felt like to be, you know, a, 13 and to have an adult be like, I just, you guys have way too many video games and, and movies you mm-hmm. can watch now. I don't know what that's doing to you, but blah, blah. blah. And then, you know, cut ahead to when you're an adult and you're like well I guess I feel like I'm okay I mean yeah I have my stuff but who knows if it my stuff comes from that or something else or you know and so I I, I'm always like oh I don't want to be that person like I want to be the person that's you know hip to like the evolving I've never sounded older than when I said (laughs) hip to um that like like you know daddy-o um but like you know to go to go to, to go to a place where I'm just like, oh, so worried about the youth of America or whatever. Um, but but social media is one of those things that's hard not to hold on to that concern. And I think it, it actually makes me feel better when people younger than me are also like, you know, I remember This American Life did an episode where Ira Glass talked to like his nieces or something and they were in junior high or early high school and they were like, no, it's so stressful. Like worrying about how many likes you're going to get 
on your Insta is extraordinarily stressful and it's, and it sucks. And yeah. I was like, okay, so it's not just <laughs> like an, it's not just like a person who didn't grow up with Instagram thing. It's like actually happening to people who, you know, are fully the exact age that, you know, it like Instagram would be the most important to in some ways um, are saying like, yeah, this is stressful. Like it made me feel not good for any of us yet better just in that I'm not like so out of touch that I'm wrong about it being stressful. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, in you're a way, not going to be hear. chiding <laughs> all the younger folks one day being like, oh, well, when back in my day. Yeah, you, I know what you're saying. The um, I, I actually like the idea of not having likes on Instagram. I know they had talked about that. Like from a business standpoint, I, I you'd have analytics on the back end, but um, right. But I, yeah, sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. But it, but you're right. Times are always going to change, and you got to adapt. And before there was social media, there was something else that you know hit us in that way. Right. But yeah. Right. But just yeah, kind of interesting to think. I never try to like go Absolutely. looking back and be like, what if I had only done it this way? Like that's that's right. not. Yeah, I definitely try not to do that. Um, a hundred percent yeah it's that it's that know thyself thing right it's like how, where do where do I stop with that like how it's important to be self-aware and it's important to be introspective and to learn and to feel like you know those that relationship with yourself is what is ideally going to take you into growing and being a better version of yourself but w nobody tells you exactly when to stop and just be and be present and go okay I think I can stop like going down this rabbit hole now you know you sort of have to find each person has to find that for themselves and mm -hmm. it's it, that's kind of what it it seems like takes up the majority of like us navigating our, our relationship to the world as we continue on it right like just okay what's this balance need to be like is you know what adjustments do I have to make what sort of like here's the soundboard of my life like what needs to be turned down and what needs to be turned up you know yeah that's a great analogy with turning things down and up like I, I I'm probably I'm a natural worrier you know it's something I have to fight sometimes but um like even yeah I think we probably all do to some degree and Probably, I think I've always thought like the lack of control I have in other aspects probably makes me feel like I got to control this. I got to worry over this, make this perfect, you know, when that's not that's life. That's very insightful though. Oh yeah. I've definitely thought about that. Like, I'm not like, I'm not a controlling person at all. It's more like my own life or like, I'm, I got to do this right. You know, got to be perfect here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just right there. And I, I it, in a very small way, I, I was looking back at some pictures when I was back home for a minute um you know quarantining with my family and um we were looking at some old pictures of me and I just thought like oh wow I was actually really cute I you know I looked really good and all these thoughts like I was dreading looking at all those pictures for instance and this sense of worry had hit me over as as a kid that I wasn't this I wasn't that I, you know I was definitely the scrawny mm -hmm. kid that you know, had not matured physically in any way. I still looked like I was 10 when I was, you know, in high, like high school. Um, but even that mm. small type of thing, yeah, if I hadn't worried um, so much about that, like turning up that dial or turning down a dial like that, um, you realize so many other yeah. things about yourself. Even the smallest thing of, oh, wow, I actually was a really sweet looking little kid, you know, stuff like that. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. 
video games. Video games. Video games. You like them? Maybe you wish you had more time for them. Maybe you want to know the best ones to play. Maybe you want to know what happens to Mario when he dies. <laughs> In that case, you should check out Triple Click. It's a brand new podcast about video games. A podcast about video games? But I don't have time for that. Sure you do. Once a week, Kickback as three video game experts give you everything from critical takes on the hottest new releases to scoops, interviews, and explanations about how video games work to fascinating and sometimes weird stories about the games we love. Triple Click is hosted by me, Kirk Hamilton. Me, Jason Shire. And me, Maddie Myers. You can find Triple Click wherever you get your podcasts and listen at MaximumFun.org. Bye! Uh, I want to get into this this mash game uh, with you, which I do at the end of every okay. episode. Um, have you played mash before? Is that like mash where you like write down your favorite, um, mm-hmm. like your, who you're gonna marry? That sort. Of, like, I've not done Mansion, this. Mansion, apartment, fr- shack, yeah. and house. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Let's do okay. it. I haven't well, done this in forever. Gonna do. Okay. Okay. Well, guess what? I'll give you the, the the category. So all you have to do is just come up with some good spur of the moment responses, cool. um, which I then will mar- marry you to for the rest of your fictional future. Yes. So no pressure. No pressure at all. <laughs> um, okay. So the first category, let's do, uh, you were talking about um, how much fun you've had uh, uh, working with fellow musicians that you respect. Let's do three musicians, uh, living or dead, uh, could be band, singer, songwriter, composer, whatever. Three musicians that we're going to give you this magical ability to um, collaborate with in some way uh, in our in our in our alternate universe mash here. Okay, alternate universe mash here collabs. I my number one is the Avett Brothers. I love them to death. I think everything they do is yes, honest. Like the way they speak is honest. The way they sing is honest. Just you believe it because it it's true. Whatever they're just golden. Yeah. Um, and I'll always love them. They'll be my number one. Um, Avett Brothers. I love Brandy Carlisle, and um, I'd say Jack White just because I, his vision of um, like the three, for instance. You know, you can keep a chair standing with just three legs. The sim- the idea of simplicity and um, giving yourself oh, yeah. confines in order to go beyond them. You know. So I would say those yeah, are those absolutely. are my people. Uh-huh. Let's make it happen. Great choices. Uh-huh. <laughs> Great choices. Uh, beautiful. Okay. Uh, next category. Let's do three. Uh, <laughs> we'll do. Well, I'm gonna get. I'm, you're gonna get your revenge on the freshman year musical, even though Ooh, you yeah. subsequently did get all the parts that you wanted. Mm-hmm. So let's give you three musicals uh, that you get to do, and you get to be whatever part you want. It doesn't matter. You know who how old they're supposed to be or anything like that it's just uh what what seems like it would be really fun oh that's a really interesting one um i'm trying to think there's um there's this one musical what was it this is i haven't like delved in okay i would love to do a little night music i would that's the one i'm thinking of um i think that's Stephen sondheim right um Mm -hmm. yeah Probably, but I'm very bad at remembering yeah. who does what. Being someone that like was in musicals and did classical music, again, it's that like blank space in my head. But I, I saw a little night <laughs> music once and I thought everything was so gorgeous. Some of the cast members would sing and play um, their instruments as well, at least in that version I saw. Um, so I would nice. definitely do that. Go back and do 1776 again just to get my revenge. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, and... What else? Um, 
I did do, um, I already did this one, but I did really love it. And I would do it a million times over. Sweeney Tide. Um, yeah. I really love oh, that great. one. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a uh-huh. great one. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. All right. Next category, three foods that in this reality, uh, either, you know, you it could be like a food that you wish you could have all the time or a food you wish you could just eat so much of, but for various reasons, uh, you don't like it's fattening mm-hmm. or you're allergic to it or ecologically it feels irresponsible. In this alternate universe, we're going to give you whatever you want in perpetuity with no ramifications to yourself or anyone, any animal, anything. It's just yeah, like magic. It's magic. It appears um, and disappears out of your system. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, peeps. I would eat so many peeps, I, but I like them to be oh, like a little. Best first answer yes. in this category ever. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, um, great. And I would make, I like to open the bag and make them a little stale for a day i know that sounds disgusting but like they just harden over actually it doesn't i agree with you yeah i totally agree with you i don't want them to be that gummy it's nice when they start to get a little when start they res- they resist you a little bit uh-huh. <laughs> yes exactly you need that fight there against the little peep um <laughs> the other two i would definitely say um barbecue um my parents actually own a barbecue restaurant so i have a real love for that and i i just oh, love barbecue yeah. and um definitely sushi because it's delicious it's expensive yeah. i can't eat it every day yep. i would i would eat sushi for breakfast every day if i could i love it that much um Ugh. yeah oh great Okay, this is good because this takes me into our next category, which cool. is three places in the world that even if you've never been there, whatever your idea, uh, your ideal kind of version of them, we're going to make it that you can sort of teleport there. So three places in the okay. world you would like to have a, a, a getaway home of some kind, even if that uh, means the middle of a city to you. But uh, three yeah, places. could be anywhere in there. Um, I, I think um, I did get the chance to go to Italy once and go to the Amalfi Coast. And I loved yeah. that. It was it was gorgeous and beautiful and um the food was amazing and every, yeah i stood out like a store yes. thumb i'm so pale i burn in the sun so i'd probably like to hopefully begin magically become tanner too that'd be cool there you go um but <laughs> yeah so definitely amalfi coast or I- italy in general um i think um hmm honestly it sounds so strange, but I would love to just transport to Knoxville and knock off the three hours. Oh, I love sure. <laughs> I know it's not a lame one, at all. but it's just it's like, it's not lame at yeah. all. It's, it's, it's where all my people are and my people are more important than the place to me. So I would definitely do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then let's see our third one. I, um, I really, um, probably, just I think I think London's a gorgeous city um and I can leave when it gets too rainy and come back because I have teleportation powers I think that would be what I'd do you do Mm -hmm. you bet you do gorgeous okay this is a this is a curveball I'm throwing in uh very very specific to you Zoe but right three I want to give you the opportunity because you I love the story you were telling about your dad so let's say you get to take your dad you're like you're 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 like okay dad just I want you to come over to this place blah blah blah. he's like what is it what is it you're like oh you'll see when you get there and you open the door and it's a band that will play whatever playlist he wants like three bands that you or singer songwriters whoever that you would love to surprise your dad with where they're like at his beck and call like and now I want you to play this song of yours that Ah. I love and now I want you to play this song of yours that I love that's cool I kind of not to this extent but I 
my family, my brother and I did that for my dad once. We made him drive to Nashville to visit me and surprised him by taking him to a Beck concert, which is one of his Shut up. Ones. I can't believe you already yeah. have done this. We this already is amazing. did it. <laughs> How now, cool Beck, is that? <laughs> Beck didn't take our requests like we asked, but... Um, oh. But Beck. that, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but so definitely Well, here's your Beck. chance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Beck, you have a second chance here. Um, I, I, Beck, he is a huge Cage the Elephant fan. So, And I think Cage the Elephant does amazing covers. They do like one of the whole, whole wide world. Um, that's awesome. They're just a great band. Oh, nice. Um, so I'd say that. And hmm, I think like the white stripes not like if the, if meg and jack could like transport back to their younger selves um yeah the the white stripes yeah got it beautiful mm-hmm. okay uh next category three movies that you can jump into and just hang out and be with those characters uh whenever you want okay the wedding singer that's my guilty rom-com i i love i love adam sandler it's pretty more it is yeah pretty adorable uh-huh. um yeah that's my like breakup movie too if i'm having a sad day kind of thing like <laughs> just mm-hmm. watch the wedding i get singer. that um i love lars and the real girl um i don't know if you've seen that one Ooh, um yes. yeah i really love that movie um and so i would live in that even though it's a it's a sad but happy movie it's just it's just too yeah. good um and eternal sunshine of the spotless mind i might oh, regret that because it is a right little there with you dizzying but yeah i maybe don't want to be in it but i definitely want to see it all the time <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah agreed yeah um what a special movie yeah this is a what a great series of choices okay uh next category let's do three this is mash we got to get in you brought it up okay. first this is going to be three people from you know it can be an actor from the 20s or it could be like this character from this book but three people Mm -hmm. that you can have romantic times with doesn't have to be forever but like romantic times uh with in this alternate mash universe okay this is a little guilty pleasure but i think charlie puth is the cutest sweetest coolest thing lately i've um he's a musician um Mm -hmm. yeah so i just really um yeah i i've think he's adorable and he put out a song called girlfriend and it's like every girl's little like oh my gosh charlie um so oh, i think that I guy is it. cool um yeah um other ones i've always had um a love for um johnny depp young johnny depp um i would definitely add what's eating gilbert grape to my movie list if i could um someone to meet like that in that romantic yeah. sense and I know yeah let's give you the yeah. Johnny Depp from the movie like maybe yeah maybe you not, get Gilbert instead of our present day <laughs> yes Depp. yes definitely I need Gilbert that's who I, I definitely let a Gilbert. lot of us down <laughs> he yeah, yeah it's gotten it's I I have to specify this Johnny Depp that's the yeah that's perfect um, I think many people would agree yeah yes Beautiful. um okay. and I yeah I really do love young Adam Sandler I think he's the cutest coolest thing um always had like a big crush on the wedding singer movie so um i would choose that great i will say my only i don't know adam in any way well but i will say my only experiences with him have been extremely positive he seems Uh, like a cool dude so yeah just Mm -hmm. a total sweetheart like you would hope that someone with that much success would stay just kind of like you know a little bit of a g-shucks guy and he definitely is um, good okay and then final category Ooh. Ooh, la, 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 la. what should Drum we do roll. for you 
let's do well let's do three i'm gonna give let's do three skills that you could wake up with tomorrow and you've sort of downloaded matrix style and they can be magical they can be practical whatever you want i like the downloaded matrix style kind of idea um so let's see that'd be Uh, handy yeah, it would. I mean, I don't want that hole in the back of my neck, really. That seems like it would freak <laughs> me out a little, you know. <laughs> but Touché. Touché, nor do I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think, um, so as a musician, um, I'm good at my instruments, but I would want to be better magically at them, like to be able to pick up any instrument and just immediately be able to play it, you know. Guess what I'm putting down. Perfection. Virtuoso. Virtuoso there, yeah. Have that. Yeah. Um, Oddly enough, I don't think I would choose hearing, like super hearing or anything, because I think that just gets too testy with like trying to change yourself sort of thing um, versus yep. just having fun with the game. Um, I agree. So I th- that way about myself for sure. Exactly. Um, I I wish I had like a photographic memory. Uh, I think that would be really cool. Yeah, that would, that would be fun. Maybe that's dangerous too to be able to remember everything like in that way probably, but it sounds cool. Um, I think there's there's different types of like I feel like photographic memory is kind of different than the one that's like the I think they call it total autobiographical memory like Mary okay. Lou Henner and other people have where I think you access the feelings that come along with those memories which does sound kind of awful to me but the mm-hmm. photographic memory could just be like you can look at something and you can just like remember it forever as if you're looking at the page on a you know in a book or something I feel like that's yeah somehow that feels more emotionally protected than the other one I know exactly what you're saying I I think I watched some special about that once that yeah that does not sound as fun to be able to really remember photographic memory I think you pick yeah I think I think you pick Mm -hmm. the one that is like that's just going to be rad yeah yeah more yeah I can just remember stuff without having to write it down um yeah and um the ability to make coffee whenever I want to like it doesn't I don't have to put the water in the pot and then push the button it just like yes it's got the cream in it already and it's the perfect temperature all the time uh yes Mm -hmm. indeed very well chosen I just put that with two exclamation points (laughs) yes um okay uh do me a favor and pick a number between one and seven four while I am getting your 100% guaranteed alternate universe MASH results, uh-huh. would you be able to please tell people where they can find you on social media, uh, about the album that just dropped that is available yeah. to all, etc.? Yep. Um, so you can find me on all the socials just under Zoe Nut, and there's two dots over the E. Um, and I just released an album called How Does It Feel? It's featuring Brandy Clark and the Cadillac 3's Jaron Johnston and Neil Mason. Um, and really, the song is just um, with the title saying, How Does It Feel? is really asking, How does it feel to go through anything in each of these songs that relates to each of them? How does it feel to lose your hearing? How does it feel to lose a friend? How does it feel to believe in yourself? Or, you know, any of those questions, I think this. Um, these songs ask and I think ultimately you get to decide the answers to them that was at least my plan so um, hopefully you, you like that and um, relate to that I love that I love that I'll tell you what I'm a sucker for a good theme or concept album a sucker mm-hmm. I love it, it yeah it didn't come across I didn't plan concept it, it really kind of just fell into place this 
yeah um, oh that's know, even better there before me oh of course that's what it should be called yeah yeah, yeah. oh that's great oh okay uh i love it and i do have your uh your outcome here i'm feeling very good about right. it I, I will say that um to some degree with a couple of things which i'll start with uh it does feel like it's a, a second chance slash redemption time because yeah. you do get the opportunity to slay in 1776 <laughs> yeah, in okay. that damned female role that yes. you so wanted uh, you're going to give that to you on a silver platter we you. are also going to give Beck the opportunity to unscrew up and actually oh play whatever songs you uh your dad wants him <laughs> to play and what you guys want him to play so we've got uh 1776 knocked out we got Beck knocked out speaking of getting things delivered to you on a silver platter I want you to know that you can have one day old peeps for Ooh. ever in perpetuity You'll mm-hmm. never get sick from them. You can just dive in whenever you want. Yes. Get those peeps. Get those peeps. Uh, you will probably want to take a break from the peeps just by virtue of the fact that you have a beautiful apartment uh, in a little town on the Amalfi Coast. Love it. So I imagine you will also be eating a lot of delicious food there. Yes, this is a good choice. It's 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 going pretty well. You, uh, I, I mm. like the idea of maybe even you like like working there on the album that you're going to be doing with Jack White. Um, mm-hmm. It could, you know, mm. you could just, just rent a little studio while you're there and just see what happens. Um, but you will be collaborating with him, which I think is very, very cool. Uh, he, the only thing I'm concerned about is he may be a little intimidated because you are a musical virtuoso in every way with any instrument. <laughs> So well, yeah, in I'm, some ways, he might be the best person for you to be matched with because he's pretty damn talented himself. But you oh, are. Oh, I'd say he's the virtuoso. You are better yeah. than he is. <laughs> oh, good, good. I'm better I'm than Jack saying, White I'm in my saying, alternate universe. That's I correct. Like that is correct. Uh-huh. Uh, and you uh, can also, when you want to escape into fiction, jump into Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind uh, whenever you want, which is a beautiful, beautiful like the most magical and most sad things about life ever sort of mm-hmm. um, encapsulated in that movie. And I adore it. So I'm very excited that you got it. Um, and then all of this, uh, as much or as little as you would like to share it with uh, the adorable Charlie Booth, you uh, certainly yes. ended up with uh-huh. him. So Score. well yeah. done you. Well <laughs> yeah. done you. And Thank that, you. my friend, marks the end of your mash episode uh, your mash game i say and then i guess i just spoiler alerted which is that it's also the end of the episode and Uh. it has been so lovely talking to you zoe and getting to know you i hope i get to see you perform in person and meet you and give you a hug and that no one is getting anything from anyone virus wise when that happens (laughs) i would because it'll all be okay Mm. uh i'm excited to see that video and i'm 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 stoked for everybody to check out the album so um i will uh make sure to get a link to that in in our in our episode notes and all that good stuff um so that's it we're done all right thank you for having me this is awesome i i love getting to talk with you and i do hope we can meet in person when when we're actually able to you know we got to make it happen i want to i want to give people happen. hugs again and and say hi i and miss shake it so hands. much yeah. oh, i miss it so much uh-huh. uh all right all right my new friend i will uh i will and then all of you listening right now if i have not stopped recording yet which i have not <laughs> talk to you next time on the podcast bye
The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.